0: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at SiteVisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Uh, today I'm joined by Chris Lee, founder of Sylvester and Finch Limited. Chris, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you, Andy? I'm very, very well. We're going to be talking about influencer relations today. And I always like to do a shout out when guests come on the show multiple times. Are you the last on the show? Uh, drum roll, March uh, 27th, 2012, episode 163. Seems like yesterday, I bet, doesn't it, Chris?
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, I was talking to Kelvin at that point and that we were yeah. talking mostly about pitching to the media. And I believe the context was because Google was changing the way that it was you know, dealing with links, et cetera, and having to earn them and make them far more authentic, I guess. And um, of SEO people were trying to understand media relations uh, so they could get coverage, et cetera. And we have kind of moving on today to talk about bloggers, which we did touch on at that point, but become even more significant.
0: Fantastic. Well, before we get into that, um, just remind our listeners a bit about you. Tell us yeah. a bit about yourself and a bit about Sylvester and Finch.
1: Well, I personally have been in, in tech journalism PR for for 18 years, and I don't look at it, but the last decade of which has been more digitally focused. Um, I was last on the podcast, as you mentioned, about four years ago, and we we're talking about pitching media predominantly. Now we're going to talk about more generally about influencers such as bloggers, vloggers, as in video bloggers, mm. and Instagrammers, et cetera. Uh, my consultants, as you mentioned, we're a collection of experienced freelance communications professionals and provide high-level strategic multi-channel communication strategy training and copywriting
0: now influence um, let's start mm. off with a nice definition of influence uh, yes. what is influence and who are the influencers
1: um, that's a very good question it's such a kind of almost like a very fluid term that's often used around, so we Um We all have influence to in some degree. Um, we always have. I mean, we talk about decision-making. You know, it goes way back to, to the market square years ago, like centuries ago, when you you would walk around and decide who had the best apples. You'd speak to your friends. You'd, you'd make an assessment on price, et cetera, and quality. And then you tell other people about that experience. And now the, the principle's the same. It just happens to be online, for example, yeah. mainly. And people have... Um, tens of thousands of followers, they might have hundreds of thousands of followers. you um, have kind of seen a celebrity culture break, uh, you know, manifest itself online where people that didn't have weren't previously known have managed to 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 build up a following of people and people do follow other people and and they try to emulate what they do or just admire what they do and they listen to what they do and they make purchases based on what they do as well so we all have a a certain degree of influence whether that's talking to our friends whether that's blogging and tweeting uh, or even leaving in a, a review on amazon or TripAdvisor. we all have influence but some greater degree than others
0: I'm just wondering, actually, because it's a it's a I know, it's a big subject: influence and influencers. So, how do actually sounds like a silly question, but how do influences work? That's probably a, as good a way as putting it.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's a very good question. we talk well, about contextualize what we're talking about here. We're not talking about necessarily media relations as in journalists. Mm. Okay. We're talking about people that are publishing on other platforms that they could be bloggers, like I said, uh, YouTubers, Instagrammers, etc. How do those individuals work? Well, there is a massive difference between team press and bloggers. If you think about the way the media works, they'll be paid for by, uh, you know, their news agency or whoever they work for. And they will be kind of professional, they'll have an objective or subjective position uh, depending who the the media is. And we see, for example, Brexit right now, you can see what sides people are taking, for example, in the media debate and quite quickly reveal their politics. They usually work business hours um uh, there's been trade pressure especially best contacted by phone when you're pitching them and they often follow an editorial style whereas mm-hmm. if you're talking about bloggers for example it's, you're looking at professional and amateur mix so if you've done really well for yourself enough to make money often going through blogger agency for example and they're making then yeah they can professionally effectively they're professional bloggers and they're seeing a growing number of these some do it on the side and make a bit of money and some are just kind of amateur they do it for the love of it and that's where people like micro influencers come in so that they are not you know don't have a huge following but at the same time the followers they do have have a more authentic connection with them because they they tend to respond to them on twitter and facebook etc etc i i could claim to be one of those because i blog on the side i have a football culture blog called outside right that's w-r-i-t-e oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> and i get between five thousand and hits a month which i'm you know you know quite pleased with yeah but my my interaction with 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 my followers, is very much about we you know we we're a tribe with the same kind of interest, so to speak. And but if I was you know being followed by a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people, i find it a lot harder to to manage those relationships, and that's it's a sliding scale really. So there's more authenticity in the micro versus space, and you see a lot of PR companies focusing more on that space and brands in general looking at that space rather than spending big bucks on on the on the big ones. I think within I mean people have a lot of understand now as well that in the public that that people are paid to promote things and yeah. quite often don't disclose it, which is something we're going to talk about actually later on in this podcast disclosure. It's very, very important, but you know, people understand that, that 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 influencers are paid by brands to plug things and they have that sort of sense of perspective when they go into it. But with bloggers, they, they tend to offer their own opinion. They work. It can work at any time if they've got a full-time job and then they blog in the evening. They got to understand when you pitch to them by email, usually or by social media that, that's the context. And they'll be more flexible in the style of presentation. You can do some great co-creation with them, which is something brands tend to do a lot of. But it's very much, it all starts with understanding how they work. So that means a lot of research. And that's something we I know we're going to talk about when it comes to identifying influences.
0: Yeah, because... You know, is, I mean, you describe the landscape of influencers there, the different types of uh, influencer and the sort of a bit of a sliding scale. So, yeah, I was just wondering how, you know, sort of how do we identify and sort of, uh, I suppose, evaluate relevant influencers?
1: Yeah, well, I guess it depends on the target audience. It's something that often gets forgotten and overlooked. I think the first thing to remember is to understand the target audience uh, and the business objective that you're trying to achieve. And that could be, if you're looking for a business objective, it could be building brand awareness. It could be building advocacy. It could be trying to build your social media following by getting kind of halo effect off well-followed people, but ultimately you've got to make sure that the target audience of those influencers you're you're looking to, to you know impress yourself upon are actually relevant for a start there are tools you can use to identify bloggers it could be a desk-based research it could be using you know social media listening tools to see who's talking about subjects i think there's great ones like buzz sumo system Loss, brand watch you know i can name mm. you know that i'm not saying any particular preference to any particular brand but i'm just naming the, that sort of yeah. type of, of tool that can help you identify there's also companies like tracker and analytica people. These are, these are media lists that, that, that um, PR industry people use um, that, that put them all together. Anyway, if you don't have the money for those because they are quite expensive, then desk-based research is, is the way forward. So once you've kind of identified, okay, well, this, these people talk about this and it seems they have a good following and let's have a look at their social media following, th- then you'd look at other metrics of inference. So you can use tools just similar web or to understand what kind of traffic they get at their website. Um, you can always ask them what kind of traffic they get on the website you know they may or may not be accurate with that they could always you've asked for a screen grab of their you know data to see see if they you know when you start working and see what kind of genuine kind of hit rates they have mm. so it's kind of you know there's lots of lots of ways to understand how much traction people have got really in the market and then once you've kind of built that up the question is is understanding how you going to going to pitch to these people and, and and how you're going to manage that and you, you need to sort of have a really good spreadsheet eventually that you're going to build up we can talk about that when we kind of talk about building long-term relationships
0: okay so what about actually approaching because you're going to have to speak to these influencers at some point how, how do you sort of pitch to them and build a sort of you know, long-term ongoing relationship
1: well that's a, that's a very good question because we see a lot of uh, of people actually talking about influencer relations. They talk about the benefits of doing it, but they don't actually just go to that extra level and say, how do you pitch to them? So one, you'll be able to be clear on that business objective and be really clear with that uh, influencer on um, how, you know, what you want to get out of it really, because there's got to be, it's got to be a value exchange for both you and them. Mm. So being clear on those business objectives, understanding whether you're going to be pitching them directly, ind- individually, or if they're working through an, an agent um, whose whole job is, to keep the bad offers away and let them focus on what they do best, which is influencing and creating great content. Yeah. Um, when you are pitching, obviously you've got to read the journal, understand who the audience is, um, search for your brand and competitor, be clear on what you want out of the relationship, personalise the approach, which is what people forget. I mean, I quite often I get, as I said, I have a, a football travel culture blog. I, write. I I'm quite clear about Right, I right about. It's the off-pitch experience, the history of the game, et cetera. It's nothing to do with what's happening on the pitch. But somehow I've ended up on these lifestyle things, um, and lists, and I get invited to Greek restaurants, et cetera. Um, <laughs> Launched cocktail parties. It sound great, but I'm not going to go. Um, so, so, you know, get called like Dear Blogger and things like that. Hi there. They obviously haven't gone and looked at my about page and actually tried a personalised approach. So understand how the influencer works. Um, build a database. So check them out on social media. See what they look like because they quite often, you'll find PR agencies being called out by influencers, um, you know, on social media, and they've had a bad approach. They will name and shame. So mm. see what they're like. If they're you know look quite um, volatile, maybe might be better off steering clear of them and focusing on someone else. Um, offer exclusive content. That always works. Bear in mind that it's all about their audience. If they don't have an audience, they don't have um, you know, don't have a publication. They never uh, you know. Um, a way of making money um so it's kind of that's that's what you want exclusive content no one else has got it what can you offer them um and definitely when you've got that content like i said um when you're analyzing the metrics see if you can uh, get any data from them on how successful that was in terms of um you know hits etc and, and thank and share them for the coverage on social networks you've got to ensure you have full disclosure uh, and that could be anything from when they're tweeting and they're actually saying spawn or ad or something like that, or when they're on the blog. I know that Google's come up with some um guidelines recently, uh, as has the advertising standards agency as well, on how these things need to be handled. And mm-hmm. that could, I Google said, you know, no follow um links, etc., and full disclosure, say what you got, you know. So I was taken to thank you for uh to Company X for taking me on that trip to Florence, <laughs> whoever it happened to be. Um, you know, or this was brought to you by X. So then you're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. No one feels robbed. Everyone's, you know, fully transparent what you've got out of that. Um, and then, uh, and then after that, yeah, just basically don't waste the time. Don't spam anyone. Um, try and put yourself on their shoes and, and don't ask if you can proof the content for it goes out unless you're co-creating with them. Cause if they, they're going to have to be honest about something and quite often they'll be nice if you're, you know, paying for them, but you, you want to sort of uh, an honest review really of something.
0: So yeah. Once you've sort of been working with them for a while, Chris, what's the best way of um evaluating the results? It sounds like quite sort of cold yeah. businessy, but you do have to sort of work yeah. out if it's if it's if it's working, don't you?
1: Exactly. And and if you don't, then I mean you, you'll have no idea as to where, where, how, how much bang you got for your buck. to Use mm. that whole cliche, but there's there's kind of macro metrics and micro metrics. So, I mean, a micro metric on a kind of per piece of content level, what was the reach, what was the engagement like? and Look at other metrics like views or downloads, if that's relevant. What kind of attention it got in terms of you know dwell time, bounce rate, all those sort of things, and social metrics in terms of did you get any new followers off the back of it? You can other even you know on the longer term macro metrics look at. How your blogger campaigns have, how much traffic they're providing for you, referral traffic, how the quality of that traffic in terms of how long, you know, how many pages they're going to, um, are they signing up? Uh, did your community grow? Can you look at Google Trends and see searches for various, you know, things that you've been trying to talk about go up? I.e. Are you getting into the sort of, you know, public consciousness, email sign up, sales, all the bigger sort of, you know, macro metrics that you're looking at. And ultimately could be even behavioral change if you're kind of, you know, working in a space that's trying to change the way people think about and act about things keep it on a spreadsheet though whatever you do because you could um you know it depends who you're targeting but you need to obviously know things about them such as uh their contact details when you were last in touch um the domain authority of that site um average visited month have they covered you before have they covered the competition what was the context of that um so you don't basically end up you know two people from the same team contacting them because twice which does happen it's very annoying um and it depends what other information you need to know about them so i've you know been uh, Previous guys, I've done um, outreach for a computer games companies, So, you need to know what kind of console people have got, you know, that sort of thing. It's all very important. Um, so, you kind of, there are ways of finding that out uh, either by asking them directly or just looking over their previous social media, really. And then you can target your approach accordingly.
0: You know, it's interesting because you mentioned that you yourself were—I a, a, think you described yourself as a micro blogger, which of course isn't a very small hmm. person. It's just—you it's just, well, yes, you, you are normal size. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering, actually, your experience as actually being a blogger, mm. being potentially an influencer. What is the what? What would the top tip be that you could give to someone managing? You know that relationship. What's the most annoying thing you've come across? You well, may have alluded to it before, but I was just wondering. Yeah.
1: It's the quality of pitch. I mean, the thing is, I think this is where a PR background comes in really handy. Uh, and this is my issue when you've got contact, at, um, sorry, content agencies and creative agencies talking about influencers. It's like you have to have a, a good media relations background, really, or it does help anyway. You don't have to have it, but it helps. Mm. Um, there's good pitches and there's bad pitches, and the, and the bad pitch will have, or you know be a shouty sort of just spammy press release. Hi there. I know, you know, in something irrelevant and it's a waste of time, immediately gets junked, um, mm. or deleted. Yeah. Um, and sometimes outed, like I said, but a good pitch will be helpful. it be useful. The subject will be, uh, will grip me, uh, address me by my name. It will maybe refer to, um, a story I recently wrote, in which case they want to build upon that. So, you know, and then, um, give me something unique. Um, and then, make the business case for it. So what kind of content are we going to get out of this? Is it going to be a podcast? Is it going to be a video? Is it going to be, um, you know, uh, something that's going to make, you know, a value exchange for both parties it's going to make me look good, uh, entertain my audience. And it's also going to help that brand get into a new audience with an o- bit of an authentic kind of, you know, brand awareness really to them. And then it's got to finish with a call to action in terms of, you know, what, what I should be doing next. Um, so, I think just basically keep your powder dry as well don't you know if you've you've got a bit you, um you've done well with a blogger once um don't expect them to cover you over and over again um yeah. try and rotate, rotate them because they're not going to cover you straight away otherwise it's kind of like advertising <laughs> so, yeah. so, um so yeah I mean you know I don't know how often that could be it depends how many you've got it could be every six months every year whatever just do something exclusive with them and and rotate the twenty odd you know key um influencers that you've got. And by the way, when we're talking about keeping spreadsheets, influences change, right? Because um some grow and um, you know, become extremely influential, maybe even get jobs in the media elsewhere in the media. Some drop out altogether, lose their mojo and then and that's it um and others can morph i know people that have been travel bloggers then suddenly became you know, became parents so they became parent bloggers and so
0: yeah.
1: um the tribes of brands that are talking to them they took an audience with them uh some of the audience were only interested in them in their travel so they probably drop off and, and and a new tribe of, of parent bloggers come, and parents come in as their followers so new brands would be interested in them so you've got to keep an eye on on them throughout their career really
0: well, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. It's a, it is a fascinating area, this whole sort of area of influencers and re- the, you know, building a relationship with influencers. Just uh, tell our audience how, um, how they can sort of find out more about you and more about sure. Sylvester and Finch. Well,
1: I am um, on Twitter personally. It's at C-M-R-L-E, that's L-W-E, uh, or at Sylfinch is the, the um, agency handle. And then sylvesterandfinch.co.uk is where you can find out more about our training, consultancy, and copywriting thanks
0: a lot Chris and thank you for listening listeners the show notes from the normal place uh, siteofvisibility.com slash am podcast um, if you want to connect with me personally I'm a doctor pod D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D on Twitter and LinkedIn um, if you can just mention the podcast when you when you link up with me um, and also we, we're looking for some questions and answers so if you want to email us it's podcast at sitevisibility.com, or if you want to phone the magic telephone line it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh and uh, we can get your uh, questions and comments on the show and that's it that's it uh, from me that's it from Chris goodbye everyone and we'll see you next time on internet marketing